Hello. QueerAF is now an independent community interest company. Our podcast's first four seasons were funded by National Student Pride, and so there might be some old calls to action in them. For the most up-to-date info on our podcast that funds budding LGBTQIA plus audio producers, visit wearequeeraf.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter that sums up the LGBTQIA plus world and supports queer creatives kickstart their career. Enjoy the show. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hashtag Queer AF is brought to you by UK Power Networks. They sponsor National Student Pride because they recognise that in order to sustain their business in the long term, it's essential to have diverse teams. Their LGBT plus employee networks provide their team with a platform to seek support and guidance, and through constructive challenge, they enhance their ability to be more inclusive. They also deliver mandatory inclusive leadership training to all managers. You can see them at National Student Pride's Careers Fair on Saturday the 10th of February 2018. It's hashtag Queer AF. I'm Jamie Warren. Welcome to this week's show, where, I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty excited about the topic. Yep, that's the High School Musical soundtrack. And yes, we're going to be talking about just how gay Disney is. Or isn't. A franchise that is adored across the world. That's our producer today, Dan Freeman. High School Musical made its debut in 2006. It was reportedly the most successful Disney Channel original movie that year. And its sequel, High School Musical 2, is the most watched film ever on the Disney Channel in the US. Its popularity is clear and as camp as this podcast. Nothing can be at fault, right? Well, there are those coded gay characters. Now, it's an amazing song, but Kelsey didn't write it for us. <gasps> Hi, Mom. Seaweed scrub, darling. Maybe later. I had never come across the term coded gay until earlier this year. During a quiet weekend, I decided to watch High School Musical 2 and thought to myself, is Ryan meant to be gay or just a bit camp? My first port of call was the internet, obviously. The third result? High School Musical 3's Ryan Evans still 
are coded gay. Now, if you've ever studied media at university, college, or even secondary school, you've probably learned about the codes and conventions of something, whether that be film, television, or in my case, magazines. Conventions being the accepted way of doing things, and codes being things that imply meaning. The use of coded gay characters. Actually, has links to the Motion Picture Production Code, more commonly known as the Hayes Code.、Um, you know, in the 1930s, I believe it was, the Hayes Code was brought in. That's Dr. Cynthia Carter. A policy to address criticisms of Hollywood as being too kind of openly sexual and provocative, and so what we saw in the 1920s and into the early 30s of You know, actually, fairly challenging content, adults and some children's content as well. But clearly, there wasn't much around for kids、um, that early. But it had an effect, I think, on corporations like Disney, the Hayes Code, because there was a, a general conservatism in Hollywood. More generally, you know, there was a general conservatism in Hollywood at the time, and that lasted for quite a long time until. You know, well into the late fifties and early sixties, when it began to be challenged. A reader at Cardiff University who researches children and the media. When the Hayes Code was in place, some production companies pushed the limit, whilst others stayed within the margins. Even though the code was abandoned in the late sixties, its legacy lived on. So. Does Disney still have coded gay characters? The use of coded gay is surprisingly quite common in animation. So, to help me discover the use of coded gay in children's media, I spoke to Joe Morgan, the so-called king and queen of Disney at Gay Star News. I've loved Disney for a very long time. I watched the, you know, the films, the kind of the TV shows, and I was looking for queer subtext. Probably at an age when I didn't even realise I was looking for queer subtext. Like I never really identified with Aladdin or Jasmine, the princes and princesses. It was always the villains. It was always the coded gays that I loved. So that's probably why people think of me that way. So, where in Disney can you find coded gay characters, especially in villains? You're looking at Scar. You're looking at Governor Ratcliffe from Pocahontas. You're looking for ideas of villains that have been characterised in a way through their behaviour, through their dress, through their voice, even sometimes by their actor that they've been cast as.、Uh, To look for ideas of where people can portray queerness without out and out saying that these people are queer. Arguably, Disney is getting better with representation. Around the release of the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast. Articles surfaced about how LeFou will be the first gay character in a Disney film. However, not everything is as it seems. 
Emma Watson had this to say when speaking to Entertainment Weekly in March 2017. I think it's it's incredibly subtle, to be perfectly、mm-hmm. honest. I don't want people going into this movie thinking that there's like a huge、uh, sort of narrative there.、Mm-hmm. There really isn't. It's incredibly subtle. Hey Dan, how's the Disney episode going? When updating Jamie on how the podcast was going, he had a few words to say on the matter. I have a confession. I've never actually seen the live action, but I remember there being a big fuss about it. Oh my god, absolutely! It was massively hyped up as Disney's like first openly gay character. Then, when people actually watched the film, there was a bit of a kind of change of tune in the headlines. The articles went from like gay character to gay moment. Didn't this、uh, quote? Gay character caused the film to be banned in a few places. Well, the gay bit got a bit banned in Malaysia. Their film censorship board cut out their so-called gay scene in the film, but it was reported that a theatre in Alabama decided not to show it too. So tell me, what actually happened? Well, this character he acts like so quote unquote gay throughout the film, like as well as being camp. To be honest with you, that's like by the by. He sings a whole freaking song about adoring Gaston, the baddie but also hunky as hell character, and then spends the whole movie longing for his buff, bald, and cute curls. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston, looking so down in the dumps. Every guy here'd love to be you, Gaston, even when taking your lumps. You can literally see the gay in his eyes, and then there's this like so-called gay moment where he kind of accidentally embraces a man in a dance at the end, and there's this bit of the look in their eyes and. That's like about it. It literally lasted a couple of seconds. So basically, a coded gay character. See, I feel like it's coded all the way through. This is kind of like constant tease of is he gay? Isn't he gay? And then it's never really confirmed. It was massively underwhelming. The guys over at Cracked had this to say when analysing Lefou in the film. This is from their YouTube video from April 2017. Earlier in the movie, Gaston says to him, "How come a woman hasn't snatched you up?" And he's like, "I don't know." Or they says, say, "I'm clingy." He says, "I'm told I'm clingy." He doesn't say, "Oh, Gaston, <laughs> it would be a boy who snatches me up," because as you know, I'm openly gay. After the break, this investigation concludes if Ryan is actually gay or just coded. Thanks for joining us for hashtag Queer AF. We make this show to keep the conversation that is National Student Pride alive all year round. But remember, we need your help to spread the message. If you believe in the stories that we're telling every week, then hey, why not tell someone else about this podcast? Subscribe to it, and hey, you can even give us a rating. They all help spread the hashtag Queer AF agenda. And of course, don't forget to get your tickets to National Student Pride. It's after all the reason this podcast is here in the first place. It's on the 9th to 11th of February 2018, and it's literally the biggest student event in the calendar, and also the largest LGBT plus friendly job fair, which is open to all. Visit studentpride.co.uk/tickets to get your five pound wristbands. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A long time ago in a land far away lived the pineapple princess Tiki. She was sweet as a peach in a pineapple way, but so sad that she hardly speaks. So we've established what coded gay is, but is Ryan coded gay? I think one of the most obvious tells is in a scene that was actually cut out of the second film. Towards the end of the performance of Humu Humu Nuku Apu A'a, we see Ryan come out after a costume change, wearing more or less exactly the same outfit as the girl backup dancers. The girls make a gesture suggesting that he can't be part of it, which results in Ryan throwing a strop for the remaining duration of the performance. But what does a big fan of the franchise think? I thought Ryan was a really good character, actually. I love that he was always fun. He was always bubbly and, like, he was always there, like, I don't know, like, in the background. And he's just someone that um, I think everyone can relate to slightly. Leanne Castle, a big fan of High School Musical. I don't know, I guess that I like how um, happy he is most of the time. He's always positive. Do you think that Ryan is gay? Well, um, it's hard to tell, really, because in the first film, there was more signs that perhaps he could be. Whereas when you go along into the second movie, there was hints that perhaps he could have a thing with Gabriella when she was having troubles with Troy. But then also in the third film, there's a scene towards the end when he's playing the piano with Kelsey and they kind of have a moment and they're singing a love song together. So it's kind of hard to tell because it's always implied that he's quite a camp guy but that doesn't necessarily mean he's gay. So what do people on campus think? Is Ryan a coded gay? Is he not? Everyone seems quite campy, High School Musical, yeah, I guess. Um, I think it was pretty obvious that Disney was trying to make him seem gay by doing all the stereotypical things without actually ever saying he was, because maybe they thought, you know, not enough people were ready to have it spelled out for them. Do you think Ryan Evans is coded gay? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he is meant to get this point across. You know, he's 
you know, a soft voice. He's the um, brother of, you know, the main villain, quote-unquote, in High School Musical, as High School Musical has villains. It's, it's, it's using a lot of iconography that actually the Disney has used for decades, you know, either through... In like an effeminacy voice, like with Scar, and you know, using his dress as a way of kind of saying it, like with Governor Ratcliffe, putting him on the villain side in quote marks. That's also kind of basically it's a Disney trope to put these goaded gays into a villain trope. So, according to the actor who plays Ryan Evans, the director said the following to him: "I see." A lot of myself in Ryan. Yeah, I knew I was gay in high school, but I didn't tell anybody. It was about making it real. Do you think that's a valid point? Yeah, I think that's a valid point. If the director wanted to get that across in Ryan, to see that uh, point of view, to kind of be a closeted gay rather than a kind of an openly uh, finding boyfriends then, yeah, I think that can be valid, but there also needs to be seen to be valid. If you wanted to show Ryan is closeted, then you could have done that in five seconds. You could have been, like, there by the lockers or something, and he's got pictures of Troy in his locker room or locker or something, and... As soon as Sharpay comes and walks past, you could see Ryan, like, close it and, like, and get flustered. You know, that would be a way at least of kind of sort of even suggesting that at least we're trying to make this explicit. You don't even have to say any words. There are film tricks and there are um, visual ways of kind of getting this across. But as far as I can tell... You know, High School Musical was very only into saying uh, Ryan is going to have these stereotypes, but we're not going to talk about it explicitly. That was Joe Morgan from Gay Star News. Now, after uncovering all this, another question crossed my mind. If we have characters that incorporate stereotypical attributes of gay people, but don't explicitly mention it, Does it have an effect on children? Now, back to Dr. Cynthia Carter, who starts off by telling me about her research. Most of the research that I do um, around children relates to their inclusion as as citizens in the public sphere. So I'm interested in the ways in which they um, interact with news. And I also do feminist news research. Um, But in the field of um, children, and media. I, I teach undergraduate students across a, a wide array of media. Um, Disney actually being one of the children's media corporations we look at and we do quite a thorough critique of historical representations in Disney. So it's a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Do you think not disclosing the intended sexual orientation of a character, keeping them closeted if you will, has Mm. any effect on a questioning viewer. Yes, I think it can do, but I think we can overstate it as well, assuming that you also mean a a, a negative effect in that it would encourage, say, the child to 
if they had certain kinds of feelings which weren't being um, kind of acknowledged and seen to be acceptable, that that would have a negative impact on them. I think, you know, sometimes we kind of overstate that because we don't attribute sufficient agency to the child. Um, if you look at uh, discussions around characters, you know, across the history of Disney, for example, where um, there's been a clear sense of gay identification with characters, whether the characters were openly gay or not, and of course, you know, until quite recently, not. Um, so we, we need to think about the agency of audiences, that whether or not it's the intention of, you know, a children's media producer to have a character which is either closeted or openly gay, you know, audiences will read those characters in ways that they, you know, that they wish, basically. Would you mind defining um, the term agency? You used it quite a lot in that last yeah. answer. Well, in children's media research, you know, quite a lot of it is concerned about the effects of media on children. And so there's been a concern that we have to portray characters in particular kinds of ways because this will encourage a positive identification. So we're not giving much agency to children there. We're saying that children will just sort of soak up like sponges the images that are there in the media for them. So it's important that the images are positive because we want positive role mo models for children. Now there is something to that, you know, it, we do have to take some of you know those issues seriously. But at the same time, in so doing, what we're not doing is granting children a sense of individuality and individual complexity. We're saying all children are like this. So agency in that sense means that you know children will have different responses and have much more um, you know control over the ways in which they're making sense of what's in the media than they're very often given credit for. 2018 marks 10 years since the last installment of High School Musical. Let's not talk about Sharpay's spin-off. Times have changed, well, at least in the Western world. Disney has recently introduced its first gay character into its Disney Channel program, Andy Mac. The announcement made headlines for the good and the bad. Kenya banned the show because of its gay character. The CEO of Kenya's Film Classification Board said on Twitter, Attempts to introduce gay program in Kenya will be met with the full force of the law. Elsewhere, in South Africa, Disney pulled the program themselves, as they are, quote, committed to respecting each market's cultural sensibilities, compliance rules and regulations. So what do people on campus think? I think there's a lot more representation in shows for adults, but not for children, which is where it needs to start. All you have in Disney movies when I was growing up was just a bunch of straight couples, but you never saw any, you know, LGBT couples, which could be really eye-opening for, for kids who are questioning. Yeah. Dr. Cynthia Carter has a different take on things. In her example, she references Chaz Bono, the son of American singer and actress Cher. Born female, he started his transition in late 2008 and made a documentary, Becoming Chaz, 
about his transition. When I teach media and gender, there's a particular topic we discuss, which you know, I think is pertinent to what you're trying to highlight here, and that is around media representation, the um, weighing up the pros and cons between bringing gay characters into the mainstream versus gay characters in the, the margins of media production. This is something that Catherine Sender, who's a, a scholar at the University of Michigan, has raised, which I think is really important. And that is, you know, we talk a lot about the importance of bringing gay characters into the mainstream and to make them the norm and not an exception. And that's really, really important. But she raises the issue of uh, control over the image when that happens and uses the um, example of Chaz Bono and his documentaries on becoming Chaz. She juxtaposes that with his participation in Dancing with the Stars and talks about how the representation, his representation of Dancing in the Stars was problematic in that he lost control over his representation. It was dictated by the confines of the program Dancing with the Stars. And so he was presented in a particular kind of way as a transgender man. Whereas in Charles's documentaries where he had full control, you get a very different representation of a transgender man. In the call for more gay characters in the mainstream, are we kind of forgetting that it's also important to have representation in the margins where there is a different agenda. There is a sense of control over how one's being represented that you lose when you enter the mainstream. That's it for this week's Queer F. Before we wrap up, a quick credit thanks. Today's show was presented by me, Jamie Worm, and produced and reported by Dan Freeman. Dan, hit us up with the Creative Commons music that's in this week's show. The tracks Rollin' at 5, 210 Full, Backed Vibes Clean, and Acid Jazz by Kevin MacLeod were used in this episode. With thanks to our sponsors, the UK Power Network, whose sponsorship literally allows us to pay our student reporters and producers. And by the way, you'll always find their contact details in our show notes too, just in case you love their work and want to hire them as well. If you're a student with a podcast pitch or have a story tip for us, remember you can email me, jamie at studentpride.co.uk now. Thanks for listening. We're queer as fuck, and hey, so are you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.